Hey everybody, welcome to the Forest School Podcast. This podcast is all about exploring the fascinating world of Forest School education and sharing our evolving perspectives on this ever-changing field. Uh, we want to take a moment at the beginning of this episode to thank you, our dedicated listeners, for joining us. But before we dive into this episode, we'd like to address something important. If you're just joining us, or if you've been with us since the beginning, you may have noticed that some of our earlier episodes sound a bit different. The Forest School podcast began as our own personal journey through the world of education, and those early episodes reflect a time when we were still learning the ropes. While we're proud of our growth and progress through the years, it's essential to acknowledge that those early episodes may not meet the technical and content quality standards of our more recent episodes. Education is a field that's constantly evolving, and so are our views and insights. Our early episodes served as a public diary of our learning journey, complete with all the mistakes and learning experiences that came with it. We believe that it's essential to keep these episodes available for posterity as they remind us how far we've come. However, if you're here for the most up-to-date discussions on education and our best quality recordings, we'd encourage you to explore our more recent episodes. Our views have evolved, our production quality has improved, and we're excited to share our current perspectives and knowledge with you. So, whether you're here to trace our journey from the beginning, or you're seeking the latest insights into education, we're thrilled to have you along for the ride. Thank you very much for being part of the Forest School community. Let's embark on this journey together. larger group um chris would have altered it to be much more kind of okay we're only going to hear five minutes of yeah. your story you know yeah. just that that sort of larger group might have necessitated more yeah um timekeeping but it was nice to hear stories and even that so some of the exercises were weren't they were um 
okay, tell your story in two minutes. Okay, mm. now shrink it down to one minute. And mm. and even those, I think it would have been deeply unsatisfying if he had stopped hard at a minute. Yeah. But he kind of went, that's your minute. Let them get the rest of the story out. Which yeah. actually, as a story, as the one telling a story, I felt really grateful for that because I was kind of like, no, 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 I need to get this mm. out of me. It, fe- it felt, I felt really strongly like I needed to, to get to a resolution and quite often I was quite uh, by the end of the minute or the two minutes I was actually reasonably close like I didn't have much more to add mm. to my stories but it was like almost the not punchline but the final like and that's why he yeah. you know and uh, having that taken out would have been would have been very um, frustrating yeah um, stepping back a little bit and looking at the wider picture like why do you think that storytelling is considered so important at forest school obviously not every forest school practitioner is going to use storytelling but so many of us do and in a way that's quite random why you know i want what what is your opinion about why it's um, used so much and why it's so important i think uh i think if you're very honest with yourself storytelling is actually how you communicate far more of the time than we possibly realize um, that possibly we, we think of telling a story as telling a story. You know, you sit down and once upon a time and that's the story. But actually, storytelling can be what, um, you know, oh, guys, why are, you, why are you digging that hole? And then they go, oh, well, we were doing this and then this happened. And then that's, that is telling a story. That is storytelling or what, yeah. how you explain. So That actually occurred to me as well when I thought about how you and I waste so much time waffling <laughs> with one another yeah. because we are, that's how we converse. Um, you know, I think some people, oh, I think we all do it, but I think you and I both will go, oh, this thing happened at the weekend. Oh, but before I tell you that, you need to know the backstory of that person because yeah. do you remember that person that I told you about that is the thing about the thing about the thing and that thing? Anyway, that's, you know, and given half a chance, you and I would yeah. just do that for ages and not actually do anything else. Yeah. Um, when you sort of realise that, then it helps, I think, with a sense of um, performance of storytelling in inverted commas. So yeah. you can feel less nervous and less het up about doing it because you realise you do it all the time. Like, that's how we yeah. talk yeah, yeah, yeah. to our friends and family. It is how you explain, how yeah. is you tell someone about your day yeah. and it is also how you tell someone about this prince's day from a yeah. thousand years ago and yeah. where he went or, you know, all those yeah. things. So I think... I think that's why I think it's an important skill and possibly an un- underappreciated skill. And I think we all know people, maybe subconsciously, who tell a good story of their own life. You know, you, yeah. you do know some people who you go, oh, I could just listen to them talk for, yeah. for hours. And they know that... And I wonder if that's where I thought we were going to be taught more, oh, this is how you structure it and hold off things like this until the end and those mm. things maybe that's more public speaking as opposed to storytelling which doesn't have as many rules and is a little bit more free Well, I, I kind of think that even if, like, I think you probably could go down the rules and structuring sort of road of storytelling training, but that wasn't, first of all that wasn't kind of more, like
my story first because I found it very difficult to listen, knowing I was going to sort of go next or go in a few, yeah. you know, I found myself not fully appreciating other people's stories because yeah. I was going, oh God, maybe I should do that and maybe, maybe I'll say that and then, yeah. and analysing theirs in a way not of appreciating it but going like oh she had a little rhyme in hers oh I wonder if there's a rhyme I could do in mine and I'm having this thought spiral and not actually paying attention to her so I was trying to go like I just want mine out of the way so that I can then listen effectively I think for me yeah yeah. do you think there's anything that you are immediately like oh we're going to go do that straight away on Monday when we're Um, back in yeah I really loved using instruments for um, not just adding effects during the story but also um, as a signal the story was starting or ending Mm. Um, it's much nicer than going I'm going to tell a story everybody if you want to listen which is what I normally do (laughs) and probably I will carry on doing that at the same time as making some kind of sound effect which I haven't decided yet but, um, an enormous gong. Uh, yeah. But then hopefully the enormous gong will just take over and I won't have to do that anymore. And also I think that my one of my questions that I kind of wanted answering was like having trouble with telling with endings of stories. Right. So I always feel a bit of an icky kind of you know, just as the story settles and if you're an audience member it doesn't feel icky, it feels perfectly normal to just sit there quietly for a bit and absorb the story. But as the teller I always feel a bit like uh, and that's the end you know and I always sort of fill that silence with a bit of like it's finished now and that was yeah. always a bit rubbish whereas if you had a little it suddenly drops thing, all your confidence that you've been very confident telling this yeah. story and then it's like taking the mask off yeah yeah that is and now it, yeah. I'm back to me again and if there was a, some sort of little musical thing perhaps that would help that transition yeah yeah, I think the end... It's a bit like your poncho, isn't it? You take your poncho off. I do, yeah. I went, uh, yeah, we should explain that more. I have a um, big black and white, you know, it's a Glastonbury poncho, basically. Thick, heavy thing. And it initially started... Initially, I was doing it for... Mar- like, it wasn't for anybody else other than me. It was a, like, I need to have this mask so that I can... I don't know, there are things, you know, you hold in your head about yourself and maybe I didn't feel like Lewis could be silly and could do girly voices and things but I put the the poncho on so that I could be like, oh, I'm I'm a storyteller right now Um, and actually it's now become a thing where just putting the poncho on for a lot of our groups is enough but they go, oh, Lewis can tell a story and I I don't feel like I need it for the same reasons it's now shifted to a point where it is like Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. we do, it seems 
as though almost we're using time to distance it, you know. Yeah. We don't tell many stories about a boy who lived in a tower block of flats and, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was kind of, I, thought, I found that quite interesting that we're, with the, maybe in, in commas, the art of storytelling is drawn more to the ancient and the old and the yeah. um, fantasy world. Maybe 
some of the guilt that you might feel of a story not having a neatly tied up in a bow ending. Yeah. Because you can feel, you might not feel it immediately, but when the kids run off and immediately go go off and build the den and either reenact something from the story or take something from the story and, and metaphorically run with it, you can feel like, oh, okay, the story didn't have an ending because it hasn't ended. Yeah. It is still going with them Um, I think that yeah I think there is something that feels very old in forest school about connecting it with a I think maybe because a lot of the physical skills that you do in forest school like you know the bushcraft side of things could otherwise be referred to as primitive Mm. and very um as is the buzzword, recapitulative. Yes. You know, we're exploring earlier, mm. e- earlier evolutions of mankind's history, yeah. and storytelling is one of the earliest and most persistent mm. elements of, you know, our history. Um, and I wonder whether also there's an element of maybe telling stories to help children practice listening oh yeah and, and in yeah. in that is not a skill that children naturally well some children do mm. naturally listen but it's almost you know for some children listening is very sitting and listening and taking on information is very difficult and so it's kind of a oh okay well this is a way you can sit and take it in and um and rest and recharge as well that is all kind of connecting to our previous podcast about kind of rhythm and mm. the flow of a session there sometimes you, and we were talking about that weren't we last time mm. about yeah. feeling it like feeling the energy of the group and going ah oh, this is a storytelling moment yes and going this is the group actually needs that right now for whatever reason whether it is a physical rest and sit down from whatever active stuff they've been doing or whether it is a need for that kind of cozy type feeling of sitting around a fire and sharing Huga, very yeah. on, on brand well I was well actually it sparked something there you saying they need a hygge and actually that's made me think as well we talked today about um, children needing a safe way to experience mm. peril and um, experiences in life and, and like you learn from watching an older sibling do things I, I think with a lot of stories the hope is that Rather than having to make all of our own mistakes, yeah. we can watch well, Mr. Fox make a bad mistake with his friends. That's or, Aristotle, you know that, that's Aristotle. Yeah. So Aristotle's theory is that um, we need stories, we need drama because we are uh, we not only imitate one another and that's how we've learned through our evolution, but also we have the ability to um, empathise to such an extent that we will either watch or hear a story about somebody doing something and we will feel that we have done that too. So it's the ultimate learning tool that Shortcut. enables us to develop further, and yeah. obviously like on a long scale of the evolution, but also on a short scale of some, somebody's life, that you've heard a story about something, not you just haven't just listened and it's washed off of you, you've inhabited it and you've been that person for a bit. You have that ability to put yourself in the character's shoes. Yeah, um, a little bit like um, some schools uh, occasionally use for um, PHSE can use puppets yeah. and puppets can experience I mean puppets can be a good storytelling um, addition as well but this idea that 
whether intentionally or unintentionally, you might have a child who is experiencing, I don't know, a grandparent might have died or um, some other kind of bereavement, let's just say bereavement as a general feeling. And if you tell a story that involves bereavement, they can empathise really, but also they can possibly that they couldn't do to themselves they can suggest to a puppet or to a character oh she should try mm. saying goodbye to her grandma mm. like they would never say that yeah. to them you know yeah. they couldn't necessarily verbalize themselves like i'd like to say goodbye to grandma but they might be able to listen to a story or and or see a puppet and go i think she'll want to do that with yeah. you know whatever um yeah, there's also social stories, aren't there, which are of help yes. for autistic children, yes, say, yes. on a very, you know, turning it into a simple story about something that is challenging or 